Hello and welcome to this edition of the Gospel Points Podcast, where the gospel is the point. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. Again, thank you so much for joining us this week. Well, we took last week off, a little hiatus. I had a uh, retreat to go to uh, at the school I teach, and that was a pretty busy week, so I took that week off. And after that long series on politics, maybe it was good to take a week off. But this this week, we're going to start a, a whole new series, and I'll, I'll talk about that here in a minute. Because first, when you talk about our weekly poll question. This week's Twitter poll question was, how do you prefer to give your tithes and offerings? So how do you prefer to give your tithes and offerings? The choices were in the past plate, excuse me, in the past plate, like during the worship service, in a box at the back of the auditorium, online giving, or giving to the poor myself. And the winner was and is... In the past plate, 50% of you chose in the past plate, 25% chose in a box in the back, 19% said online giving, and 6% said, I just want to give to the poor myself. Well, I don't think that's a very biblical idea uh, first, and online giving, if that's what you want to do, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and I know a lot of churches do with the whole box in the back thing. I think that takes off some of the pressure and some of the maybe pride that goes along with giving. Uh, yet I, I'm going to go with the majority on this one and say in the past play, I feel like it's an act of worship. I feel like that's a, uh, that is giving my tithes and offerings to the Lord is an act of worship. So I'd like to do that in the worship service, but Hey, this is preference. I think for, I think that except for the last one, I, I don't believe it's just biblical just to give to the poor yourself. Um, at least, not when it comes to your tithe. Uh, that that is a matter of the church giving to the church is a command, and I, I think you have to be doing that. If you want to give to the poor yourself, on top of that, then hey, by all means, please do it. I think you should do it. Anyway, well, that's this week's poll question. So look for next week's poll question. I'll put it up on Monday of next week. So at Kevin J Thompson on Twitter at Kevin J Thompson, and you can take part in next week's poll question. So be waiting for that. Well, this week we're going to talk about a, a subject that we may not want to talk about, especially as Christians, that's the issue of depression. In the past few years, it's just been brought to my attention how many people suffer with depression, and I'm talking about people who sit next to you in the pew. I'm talking about Christians. We're talking about people who <clears throat> name the name of Christ but silently suffer through this. Of course, they wouldn't want to say it out loud because as Christians, we have this mentality that we're supposed to be happy-go-lucky. We always have a smile on our face and we always have uh, the joy of the Lord, right? Well, that's not necessarily the case. Christians get depressed too. And we ought to be talking about this because it needs to be brought up out in the open. People don't need to be shamed about this. To tackle this issue head-on, we have to be honest about it. And if people are living in shame and they don't want to talk, well, then no, nothing's ever going to get done, and these people are going to continue to suffer in silence. So let's let's end that. So we're going to start off this series on depression with an interview, well, not really an interview, uh, but a lecture from Dr. David Murray. Dr. Murray is the author of the book, Christians Get Depressed Too, and we'll link to that on the website, Christians Get Depressed Too. And uh, just about a year ago or so, he was able to uh, Skype into my classroom as we were talking about this issue during a, a chapel week. And so uh, I asked him if he would just talk a little bit about this. So he's going to talk about the symptoms, the causes, and the cures 
possible cures of depression uh, from a Christian perspective. And he'll talk about his personal journey, uh, how he ministered to his wife who, who suffered through depression. And so I hope this will be a blessing to you. This, let's, let's use this as a conversation starter. So uh, this is Dr. David Murray, author of the book, Christians Get Depressed Too. All right, so uh, Dr. Murray, we're going to be talking about your book, uh, Christians Get Depressed Too. And so I've asked you to kind of talk about that topic. Okay, thank you, Kevin. I'll talk a bit slowly to begin with until you get used to hearing this unusual accent. Uh, Sorry, in a way, to be speaking about such a a sad topic. I'd much rather to be speaking about my next book, The Happy Christian. But sadly, this problem of sadness or depression is, is very, very common and very common amongst young people and very common amongst Christians. And it's the, some of the statistics are quite amazing. Uh, 6% of men and about 10% of women will experience uh, depression in any one year. In fact, some estimates are, go as high as to say up to 25% of the population will have a, a mental health issue each year, but I think the stats are more than the 10 to 15 percent range. Uh, About 100 million people in the world are depressed at any one time. That's a lot of sadness, isn't it? Uh, Suicide, which is linked to depression, obviously, is the most common cause of violent death. Um, 20% of all young people's deaths are by suicide. And you might think, well, you know, surely Christians don't suffer so much. But in some ways, we might even expect Christians to suffer more because obviously we are saddened by some of the trends in society. Uh, We see evil in the world and we're more sensitive to it. It impacts us more because we have the Holy Spirit. And also, of course, we are targeted by the devil, and he delights in nothing more than to bring us down. So it's a very common issue, and uh, many of you will probably go through this. Uh, At some time in your life, you will certainly know people who do. It's not something I have suffered with, but my wife did. Uh, When she had our third and fourth children, she suffered with a pregnancy-related depression. And that's really what gave me my uh, passion to help people because I must be honest, I was very insensitive and unsympathetic to people with depression before then. I used to just think, oh, you know, cheer up, come on, you know, pull yourself together, uh, nothing's that bad. And I couldn't really enter into it not being a choice, as it were. Uh, And so my own wife's painful experiences taught me to be much more sensitive and and sympathetic. One of the questions that I'm asked most commonly is, uh, what is depression? Give me a simple definition of depression, and I think that's actually impossible to do. Uh, Depression varies a lot. It it depends on the age of a person, the gender of a person, a person's uh, personality and culture, um, men and women, manifest depression quite differently, young and old, 
manifest depression quite differently as well. But what I usually do is I, I usually talk about four particular areas when we're trying to figure out what is depression. And the first one, obviously, is our feelings. So usually there's a feeling of overwhelming sadness. In some cases, especially for women, young, young women, there's often a lot of crying, and it's often very irrational. So if you were to ask my wife, say, you know, why are you crying? Um, she would say, I, I can't explain it. There's no cause. I just feel this terrible sadness all the time. In the case of men and young men, it's actually usually anger that is the, the most obvious sign of depression. And again, very often irrational. So there's a bad temper, there's an irritability. And you might again ask a person, why are you so angry all the time? And again, that lad or that man would say, I don't know, I just, just feel really angry all the time. And um, so usually the feelings can sometimes morph from sadness and anger into a sense of worthlessness. I'm just a blight on society. I'm just a burden to my family. I am useless. I contribute nothing. And sometimes the feelings of anxiety come along as well. So there's a panic often. And again, you might say, well, what are you worried about? Why are you anxious? And there's no evident reason for it. Um, oftentimes, the, um, the feeling can even become a, a desire to, to stop living and um, just there's no point in me living any longer. So the, all these kinds of feelings, sadness, anger, sense of worthlessness, anxiety, um, no point in me living any longer. Then the second area is our thoughts. And usually in a person with depression, there's, a, there's an extreme negativity. And so they, they see only the negative in a situation. They filter out any of the positives in a situation. They focus only on the negatives and, and they think about that all the time. And so everything's awful. Nothing is good. Even if they get 90% an exam, all they can think about is the 10% they didn't get. Um, they tend to be very catastrophic in their thinking. Uh, so, for example, maybe a, a young guy asks a young woman out for a, to date or something, and she says no, and he thinks, well, that's it. I'll never have a girlfriend and never marry for the rest of my life. So they go from sort of one incident to writing off uh, all of themselves and all of life. And it tends to be very extreme black and white kind of thinking. And again, just a lot of negativity, a very critical spirit is usually in people's thoughts. Another strange symptom of depression is often bodily symptoms. So, for example, doctors will tell you that they are, their surgeries are filled every day with people who have just generalized pain, back pain, leg pain, neck pain, headaches, sometimes bad issues with digestion not sleeping, fatigue, extreme tiredness, and they're looking for a physical cause, but the cause is actually often depression that is impacting the body. And uh, that's a very strange connection. You think, how can my feelings and my thoughts affect my body? But they do. 
And it's, we need often our doctors to help us understand the connection between the body and the soul, the body and the mind. And the fourth area where you're looking for symptoms of depression are in people's behavior. So, for example, usually people with depression stop doing things that they used to enjoy and start doing things that um, are very harmful to them. So they might stop going out with friends, stop doing their exercise, stop playing sports, stop reading, and they'll start just vegetating in front of the television, surfing the internet, playing computer games, just staying in their room and um, avoiding church. And so all the things that are good for them, they tend to stop doing, and things that are bad for them, they, they start doing. So these are, these are the four areas that usually we're looking at to figure out, do I have depression in my feelings, my thoughts, my, my body, and my behavior? And of course, none of this is a one-day thing. So it, it, you're not depressed that this is only true of you for one day, that you're feeling a bit negative and you're feeling sad or angry or whatever. Usually depression has to, like this is, it has to be going on for about, three to four weeks before you really say, well, that's a, that's a depression that needs help. Because we all, have, we all have sad days, even sad weeks, and we get upset, and sometimes we can't explain it, and then it lifts. But depression is longer term. Uh, it's also deeper. It's not just, oh, I feel a wee bit sad, or I feel pretty angry today. No, there's an intensity and a depth to these feelings and thoughts. So don't conclude you're depressed just because you have a few days or something like that of these symptoms. The second thing I'd like to talk about after having spoken about symptoms is the causes. So we ask ourselves, you know, why is this happening? What, what's the cause of this in my life? And from counseling many depressed people, the most common cause that I have come across is stress. Um, I think if we can imagine our lives like an elastic band that, that we stretch, and, and we all go through stresses in life. We can't avoid a life that is free entirely of stress, but it's like an elastic band. That's okay. It stretches, and then we pass that period of stress, and we'll go back to normal again. But the kind of stress that causes depression is where the elastic band of our life is stretched really far, and maybe for a longer period of time. And as you all know, when, when you do that to an elastic band, eventually it's going to snap, it's going to fray, the rubber will start wearing out and it snaps. And sometimes a depression is as sudden as that, sometimes a wee bit more gradual. But the kind of stresses are sometimes things we can't avoid, uh, like life events, say we lose a, a, a parent or a friend uh, dies or moves away, or we have an illness or our parents' marriage breaks up. You know, there's nothing we can do about these things, and yet they impact us deeply, and, and they, they cause that stretch, it's stress in our minds and our feelings and our bodies. Uh, but, but there's another area of stress that we do have control over, and these are, um, I, that's what I call our lifestyle. So these are our choices, you know, how long uh, we will uh, sleep, for example. If we're only sleeping five, six hours a night, then that's putting a big stress in our bodies and our minds. 
Uh, we might be doing too much sport and exercise that, again, is putting too much strain on our body. Maybe we're studying way too long and too hard. Um, maybe we're you know, taking in illegal substances and damaging substances into our bodies. So these are things that we have some control over, which over a period of time, if we go on too long or too much with them, eventually, again, we, we can cause so much stress to our bodies and minds that they just say, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to help you anymore than this. I'm just going to give up here. So we've got to look at stress. Then secondly, we want to look at our thought patterns. And in, in the little book I wrote, Christians Get Depressed Too, um, I, I go through about 10 different thought patterns that make us eventually depressed. And it's things like negativity and catastrophic thinking, overgeneralizing, and, and so on. I don't have time to go through them all, but obviously if you're thinking negative thoughts about yourself all the time, about your situation, about other people, about your school or your church or the world, um, if, you're, if you're gorging yourself on a media diet, which is all the horrible things that have happened, then that's going to obviously eventually bring you down it's going to it's going to affect you in a really damaging way so you've got to be really careful about the the thought patterns and again it's a pattern it's a habit i'm speaking of not one-off thoughts or one day of these kinds of thoughts then a third area is the area of uh, sickness the brain is the most complex organ in our bodies. And just like our hearts and our pancreas and our liver, it's fallen. It's been affected by sin. And obviously, with it being so complex, when sin, the, the problems that result are even worse, you might say, than even a, even a, a heart that's affected by uh, the fall of, of man in the world. Um, if you think of all the, the connections and uh, plugs, as it were, in our brain, and apparently every human brain has more switches in it than all the computers in the world. And if you imagine somebody, if you imagine that brain going wrong, then how much, how many consequences flow from that? And our brains depend on chemistry and electricity for all the the thoughts that even you're having just now, and I'm having to pass through them. And obviously, if these chemicals get imbalanced or the electrical current gets cut off, then that's going to affect our thinking and our feeling. And that's often one of the major causes of depression, especially in pregnancy, when the body is under so much strain. That's why so many women get depressed around pregnancy. There's so much drain on their brain that um, the, the chemical balance just goes awry. That affects how the woman thinks and feels and ultimately leads to a depression. But it's not just women. That, that happens to men as well. And, and we should expect that. Just as our hearts can go wrong and get disease, so our brains can go wrong and also cause us to be depressed. Then a, a fourth cause is sin. Obviously, if we are deliberately and persistently and knowingly uh, continuing in a pattern of sin, uh, we're going to feel guilty. We're going to uh, try and do things to cover up the guilt, which makes it even worse. 
And just like King David in the Old Testament, when he committed adultery and murdered, eventually he got depressed. You can read about it in Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. A depression affected his mind, even his bones he felt were sore. And uh, that's because he wasn't repenting. It's, it's not saying that every time we sin we're going to be depressed. We're talking about a pattern of sin again, a habit, a an unrepentant pattern of sin. If we are sinning knowingly and unrepentantly and arrogantly against God, and if we are his child, then ultimately he is going to chastise us and discipline us. And um, that's often the cause of depression in somebody's life. It's not the only cause of it. That, that's the mistake I think I was making before my own wife got depressed. And I used to think, well, if somebody's depressed, it must be because they've done something wrong. I came to realize it was a very simplistic view and uh, didn't recognize the complexity of depression enough. And, and then a fifth cause is God's sovereignty. Uh, obviously, God can allow us to get cancer, uh, diabetes, uh, heart disease. And similarly, he can allow us to have a mental health issue. Uh, and again, if we're his child, he's doing it for a good purpose, although it's painful at the time. And um, we we must believe that he's doing it for our good. But he may, for not because of our sin, not as a sickness, not because of in thinking in a wrong way, not because of stress, but just because it's his plan for us. Then sometimes mental health issues can arise. So these these five areas I usually try to look at with people when I chat with them about depression, talk to them about the stresses in their lives, their thought patterns, the, the possibility of it being a, a sickness, a, a chemical issue. Uh, is it a sin or is it simply God's sovereignty? And then the third area, just briefly, uh, we've talked about symptoms, we've talked about causes. How about cures? How do we get out of this? Well, Oftentimes, uh, I will start with people's stresses because, as I've said, I think it's the most common cause of depression today. And so maybe talk about life events, help people understand the impact of that upon them. Sometimes people try and play down uh, big events in their lives and say, you know, oh, no, I, I can cope with that. We don't like to admit how deeply these things affect us and sometimes just accepting that can be a first step on the road to recovery. We often, often talk to people about their lifestyle. I have a psychologist friend who, who always talks about the, the three pills that he prescribes to people, a good diet, good exercise, and good sleep. And uh, these are three real foundational issues in any person's mental health, whether you're well or not. Good diet, good exercise, and good sleep. And before you look at medication or therapy or counseling, you really have to put these things in place. It's a sort of foundation. And often one or more of them are missing in a depressed person's life and they have to be reestablished. And so we, we try to correct that lifestyle by building routine into the life. Sometimes it's very disorganized. We need to get a regular routine. The body and the mind really thrives on routine. That's how God has made us. We also want relaxation in our lives. Every day, a period of downtime, just rest, as it were, let the elastic band relax. 
recreation, exercise, taking walks outside, even in the winter up here in the north, um, taking a Sabbath every week, a good day off just to rest our bodies. Again, that's a gift of God. And sometimes we just have to reprioritize our lives and, and make sure that we've got the most important things in our lives and sometimes stop doing good things in order to free up our time. So we look at stresses and life events and lifestyle, maybe some, some counseling to help us think more positively, more realistically. Psalm 77 is a great example of that. Maybe some medication might be needed so we correct the chemistry. Sometimes just for a short time, just to get the, the mind thinking in the right way again. Sometimes correct the spiritual life, help people by leading them to repentance, re-establishing the means of grace, reading their Bibles and praying and going to church and fellowshipping with God's people. And uh, together as a package, I think that's the key. It's hardly ever one of these things. So we want to deal with the stress. We want to look at the lifestyle. We want to look at the thoughts. We want to look at the chemistry. We want to look at the spiritual life and together, put together a package, a, a holistic package of care. And um, over some time, there's no quick fix, but over some time, if people follow these steps, put together that kind of package, um, there's great hope of recovering from depression. And in fact, going on to become a big help to others as well, because you can understand and sympathize with them so much. So that's a quick summary of the symptoms, the causes, and the cures. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you, and I hope this has been a blessing of some sort. We're going to keep this conversation going. We're going to have another interview next week about this issue of depression. And uh, by all means, please, if this is something that you struggle with, talk to someone. Don't be ashamed. Um, You might need to seek medical attention, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we'll talk more about this next week. Don't forget about the book uh, by our guest today, Dr. David Murray. The book is Christians Get Depressed Too. We'll have a link to that on our website, which you can find at www.kevinjthompson.info, www.kevinjthompson.info. So we hope you'll join us again next week. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Share this podcast with your friends. Put it on social media. Get the word out. So until next time, have a great rest of your week.